Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So I hope everyone's having a wonderful week and we're coming to the end of the month and the end of our review. We'll be going over three more topics today. And if you are watching the premiere episode on YouTube, you can log into the chat room and I will be available live to answer questions and comments. Other than that, you can leave your comments in the comment sections on both Healing House Radio and on YouTube. So uh, we're about halfway through and this evening, you know, today, we're going to be looking at, <laughs> I'm filming in the evening, so sorry about that. So today we're going to be taking a look at the, um, the next three topics, which are empathy or empathic magic, light and shadow, and grounding. So let's get into it. Empathic magic. It is near and dear to my heart because it is what I am and it is very much what I do. I've been an empath since, well, since childhood, since I, since before I knew what that word meant. All I knew was that I was always called sensitive, as many empaths are. They're called sensitive, they're called, um, you know, dramatic, you know, or overly sensitive. Um, we have too much imagination. Empathic children are often accused of having too much imagination or, or being you know, too sensitive. It's mainly because they've tapped into the emotions of others that if they're dealing with someone who is very upset or, or very sad, yes, they're going to show that sadness and no, they're not going to be able to explain why. And it really saddens me when I see or hear about, um, children who are really pushed into not being able to acknowledge their abilities because it's viewed as a weakness. It's viewed as something incorrect. And there's Luna again. There you go. <laughs> something about turning on this camera just suddenly makes them want to pay attention. So anyway, uh, so the idea behind empathy is that, or it, at its most basic, is that you feel what others feel as if it is your own emotion. And that can make it very, very hard to be able to discern what belongs to you and what doesn't. What is it that you are responding to and whether or not it is something that's based in your experience or it's based in the experience of someone else. So it is important to, first off, Remember that this is just about energy. This is just about your ability to match the frequency of someone else and what they're experiencing. So by stepping back out of the emotion aspect of it and looking at first, does this belong to me or does it not belong to me? And when I say whether or not it belongs to you, is it an emotion based on what you're experiencing or is it an emotion based on what somebody else is experiencing? So it's important to remember to take a breath 
when you experience something, when you feel something and step back from it a little bit. The first question I ask myself if I'm feeling something is, does this belong to me? And when I ask myself that, and it's been a long time that I've been working with empathy, there's like, you know, I picture it like a little beep. And if I'm say, does this belong to me? And I feel the little beep, that means if there's any reaction, I know it does not belong to me. You know, that's just how I perceive it and how I feel it. If there's any variation in that, it is a sign that it is coming from outside of me. Now, as we talked about in the episode, and if you're interested in empathy, I strongly recommend you go back to the playlist and you pull up the month that we talked about empathy, because uh, it was it's really important for people to understand not only that, yes, empathy is a gift, and it is also a tool that can be utilized. It can become choice. And pretty much it's, you know, if there's anything about empathy that I want to get across is that you don't have to be a victim to it. It can, and it takes practice. It takes work. It takes focus. And you can be able to manage it either by putting it on a dimmer switch or shutting it completely off. Now, the idea that empathy is the ability to feel is only one part of empathy. Empathy has two other parts that most people don't really recognize. First, that you feel what other people feel as if it's your own feeling. The second aspect of empathy is that it can be used to scan. You can see where somebody is at. You can, you know, check their emotional state. That takes a lot of practice and a lot of work, a lot of meditation. The third aspect of empathy is that it can be transmitted. So instead of feeling what someone else feels as if it's your feeling, you transmit a feeling to someone else that they will feel as if it's their own feeling. Now, this is the highest level of mastery regarding empathy, and it is something that I generally do not teach unless I'm very sure about the person who I'm teaching it to. I'm just putting it out there that it is possible. And the main reason why I put it out there is that there are empaths who are very, very talented and they can be very, very persuasive. Empathy is an excellent tool for salespeople and it has to be used responsibly. One of the ways that you can be able to um, kind of, you know, create a, a conscious aspect to your empathy is by finding that still place. And the best way that I know of and the, the way that worked for me was that I began to meditate with stones, especially river stones, because they're all about their energy is all about everything flowing past. So what I would do is I would sit and I would direct my empathy into the stone. Now, when you first start doing this and you know, you're not sure if you can manage that, just sit with a stone, hold it, experience it physically. Then just let your energy just kind of relax. It's almost like um, looking at it through soft eyes. Just sit and feel it, sit with it and see if you can reach the point 
where your energy matches up with it and you feel that sense of stillness. And if you practice and really work on it, you can actually sense the consciousness that is within the stone. And that consciousness can teach you how to find that place of stillness because it's in that place of stillness that empathy can be shut off, where you become detached. And it is an excellent practice, especially for those who have a difficult time managing empathy. It does take work. So you know, as I said, you can go back into our section on empathy and uh, review that because there's a lot of good information. If you have additional information that you would like or questions that you would like to ask, then please get a hold of me. Uh, next year, we're going to be doing some interesting work with empathy. So uh, I'll be announcing that at the end of the year. But always remember that you have choice. Remember that any ability you have just like the ability to run or throw a baseball or to sing or do art. It is a talent that you can cultivate, that you can exercise, that you can grow, and that you can use consciously. Also remember that empathy is not the same as reading someone's mind. You're looking at their emotional state in that moment. So it's almost like you're looking at a photograph. You could have the calmest person in the world, but if you perceive them in a moment that they're upset, oh, well, that person's really angry and that person's really upset, which it's not necessarily that. It's just that that's the state they're in. So always remember that empathy does have its limitations, but the more you work with it, the more you learn about it, the more you experience it, the easier it will be for you to be able to discern what's yours and what's not and to be able to utilize that in, um, you know, in a very, very powerful way. So um, enjoy empathy, enjoy working with that. And if you need additional assistance with it, please let me know. Our next topic was light and shadow. And it is always interesting because the first thing that I tell about uh, light and shadow, hold on just a second. There we go. The, the first thing that I want people to understand about light and shadow is that I don't view it as the same as good and evil. Light and shadow are two sides of the same coin and they're two ends of a, a spectrum. So if you're dealing, you know, either with, you know, light side or shadow side, everything sways between the two. Think of it like a pendulum that swings back and forth. Everything about life and about our human experience has an aspect of light and shadow. Um, love, which most people would say, oh, well, that's obviously love is obviously light side. Yes, but uh, obsession would be shadow. You know, if you would think anger, well, anger is definitely shadow. Well, no, because the other side of anger is conviction and determination. You know, fear, shadow or light. Well, fear that creates a situation where we, we are reacting and responding in a panic as opposed to wisdom and discernment. 
So there's a light and shadow aspect to everything, and I believe everyone. We have choice. We go through and identify what it is that in that moment. Now, for me, light tends towards things being orderly, sort of a natural rhythm and a natural flow, resonance, where shadow goes into that range of chaos and dissonance. It's that aggravation for the sake of aggravation. So people fall somewhere along that spectrum. Some tend lean more into one area than others. The important thing is to be able to identify within yourself, you know, where is that line for you? What is it that brings you into that place of feeling that you're either working light or working shadow? The most important thing is to be authentic in it. If you're somebody who tends towards shadow, doing healing works may be challenging and may not be as effective. It's not that you can't, but you have to be able to identify and be true to yourself. As I said, both are necessary. I I firmly believe that both are necessary because both can teach us. And when we take a look at our responses to someone else. I mean, often, you know, the shadow that is the strongest is the shadow that's ignored. And nothing makes me more nervous than having somebody tell me, oh, well, I never get angry. Okay, but anger is natural. Anger is normal. Anger is appropriate. They may be calling it something else. And it's not a... It's not something that isn't fluid. It moves. It shifts. You know, some days, depending on where we're at emotionally and energetically, yeah, we could be in our full-on light mode and feel compassion and love for all of humanity and everything is wonderful. And then maybe we get into traffic and maybe some jerk either cuts us off or doesn't let us merge in. And suddenly, you know, we're maybe thinking not so nice things. It's important to remember that it is better to be authentic than it is to keep up a pretense, especially with yourself, as to, oh, well, I never think a bad thought or, you know, I don't, I don't project bad stuff. That's where the preachiness can come in and those who, you know, I mean, I, I, I am a reverend. In fact, I'm the president of a church called the Universal Church of the Master, which uh, is over 100 years old. And it's an international church. And its concept is that there are many rivers that lead to the same ocean. So what we need to do is figure out what is our particular river? What is our path? and then to embrace that path. Well, really. So the idea that, um, yes, we can go into a very human reaction, that does not make us shadow. It makes us normal. It makes us appropriate. It makes us authentic. Because when you go into that place, that's when you have choice and you exert your choice. You say, you know, Do I want to react from anger? Do I want to react from my hurt? Or 
am I going to react from choice and maybe choose a better way to respond? So consider that. Consider what light and shadow mean to you. And look at, take an honest look at where it lies within yourself. What do you define as light and what do you define as shadow? So it's very much about your perception. No one else can tell you, you know, what it is or what it isn't because you have your own unique definition for it. So consider that. Yes, there are some works that definitely lend toward those who practice more on the light side, those who practice things that are more in alignment with, um, with order and, and flow and resonance and sort of a more natural, more earth-based way of looking at it. Or maybe you go that route of, you know, chaos. Maybe you appreciate dissonance. Maybe you do better in chaotic environments. Maybe that's where you resonate. So in figuring out which place on the spectrum you fall, and most of us do not fall at the extremes. Most of us are somewhere when we just slide back and forth along that little center area. And it really depends on what it is that we're experiencing at that time. So consider that light and shadow is a choice within the moment. What is it that you feel in that moment? Where do you fall on that spectrum? What is your gut reaction to things? Is it compassion or is it, you know, assertiveness? So consider that. And uh, I recommend that you go back through in the discussions of light and shadow. Uh, also, if, for those who deal in that world, you know, significantly, go back and take a look at the sections on clearing also and energetic protection. It really doesn't matter what you choose as long as you know why you're choosing it and that it's authentically you. But everything has light and shadow if you know how to look for it. And as long as you're willing to look for that and look at that, then you can come from a place of balance and you can find that harmony between the two because they truly are two sides of the same coin. And uh, the next topic that we were talking about is grounding. Grounding is probably one of the most uh, popular questions that I have. And it's one of the things that people more often than not have a difficult time with because, well, first off, it's about defining what grounding means to you. For some, it means stillness. For others, it means flow. Um, most people identify the term grounded with the idea of, you know, tree roots that go down into the ground that hold you solid, something that takes you out of the emotion of a moment and allow you to be centered and find that place where, you know, I you know, compare it to the eye of the storm. If anybody, any of you have ever been in a hurricane, um, <laughs> If any of you have ever been in a hurricane, you know what the eye of the storm is. It's that place of stillness 
in the center of all the chaos. So the idea that you find that way to step out of what the experience is and to be autonomous, to not be affected by it, to be able to sit and find your space and your center. And from your center, you're able to make choices. Being grounded is about the ability to choose. It's about moving away from reaction and moving into choice and choosing an action. And it can be very challenging. There's a lot of things that can pull us out of our place of groundedness. And whether it's being triggered by a particular subject matter, whether it's being triggered by um, seeing something that you respond very strongly to, that you feel very strongly either in favor of or against, uh, pol politics are definitely triggering. Uh, discussions of religions and religious practices are definitely triggering. So the idea that you can be in a situation where maybe others are being triggered and yet you can find your center and you can become firmly rooted that you bend, but you do not, you know, get tipped over. And for me, it really is a sensation of detachment. It means that I am in a place of choice. It means that I am in a place of being able to take a look at things a little bit more objectively. Being grounded actually incorporates the left brain to a very great degree. Because when you can trigger that left brain, that analytical side, that's where you look at things objectively. That is where, you know, you can swing from turmoil to tranquility. It doesn't mean you like what's going on. Being grounded doesn't mean you like, you know, the situation. It means that you can look at it and perceive it to be an event. And then you can study it. Being grounded is a wonderful opportunity to be able to actually look at a situation and then figure out what you can learn from it. If people are, you know, going off in some sort of a major discussion and there's a lot of emotion to it and, you know, people are sort of, you know, getting all really wound up. When you go into your grounded place, you step out of that. You are no longer in that energetic field, which is why it is so important for empaths to learn good, solid grounding skills, because it's that moment when you step out of the emotion and you step out of the energy of that particular field, then you can be able to maintain your choice. You can maintain your ability to think through something as opposed to just responding or going into mob mentality. Grounding is very important to not get sucked into a collective thought or a collective emotion. And it also, you know, keeps you from being, you know, rattled too much by things. You know, if you have a difficult family situation that you have to walk into, or you've got a work situation that is difficult, it is much easier to manage when you can come from a grounded place because then one, you don't take anything personally. 
These are just events. These are just responses that other people are choosing. You know, some people would say that cats are very grounded because they just kind of do their thing and they, they just are there to enjoy. You know, they, they want to be pet for a while. They'll be pet and then they'll go, okay, I don't want to be pet anymore. And they just walk away. So the idea that they are very good at grounding. And if you have a cat, you know, you can, def I'm sure you can definitely identify with that, that aloofness that cats often get, but they can also be very warm and very uh, affectionate when they choose to be. So once again, grounding, uh, you can utilize stones, but not everybody grounds to stones. Sometimes people ground to certain sounds. Maybe whale song takes you out of the moment and brings you into that eye of the storm. Uh, maybe sitting on a beach, maybe certain types of music, you know, maybe you focus on the wind and a breeze. There are people who actually ground to the air. You can ground to any element. So go back and take a look at the episode on grounding. And in, because in that we discussed several different forms of grounding. So don't worry about whether or not you can maintain it. Nobody stays grounded forever. Nobody. There is always a moment when you have to correct into grounding. And then it's like, okay, you know, the eye of the storm isn't meant to last forever. All it is, is a place to give you that breathing space. So utilize your grounding with that. And with practice, you can hold that grounded state for longer and longer. But it's not meant to be forever. You still have to come back into the world. But you can be able to take a break from what's going on and be able to find that stillness. So good luck with that. And if you have any questions on grounding, please let me know. So... Try not to knock things over, Luna. So uh, that's it for today. And we will be doing uh, next week will be the last three or the last two topics. This was seven, eight and nine. So we'll do uh, month 10 and month 11 for October and November's topics. And if you have any questions on any of these topics, please let me know and you can put them in the comments or you can contact me through the Facebook page and uh, leave me a message that you would, if you have a particular question about any of the topics we've covered this year. So next week will be uh, October's topic, November's topic, and then we're going to be talking a little bit about what's going to be happening next year. So uh it's exciting. We've almost reached the end of the year. It's been ex a really cool experience to be able to share this information with you. As I've said before, this is essentially my first year when I'm training someone in spiritual matters. I do do spiritual teaching and these are the basics that I cover in the first year. So next year we will be going, moving on to something that's a lot more exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. If this was valuable to you, or if you enjoyed the topic, uh, please hit like, 
If you feel that, you know, this is a community that you resonate with and you like the information, please consider subscribing. And if you do, please hit the bell. That will make sure that you get notified when videos come up. You can reach me, as I said, through my Facebook page, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen, and my Twitter is also in the description. If you really like what I'm doing and you would like to support the channel on a slightly bigger level for as little as $2 a month, you can become a patron, and my Patreon account is in the description. So, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me. And as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you and class dismissed.